Welcome to our podcast series of Coffee with Accord, where we discuss various peace and security related topics, including ongoing and emerging conflicts in Africa, policy developments, evolving theories, and innovative approaches to peace and security. Our guests are conflict resolution practitioners, experienced mediators, and policymakers within the peace and security landscape. Enjoy this episode and feel free to leave your comments. Coffee with Accord is published by the African Center for the Constructive Resolution of Disputes. The views and opinions expressed in this production do not reflect the views of Accord and its affiliates. Good day and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Accord. Today's episode is convened in partnership with the Youth for Peace Africa program. I am Savannah Walmart and I am delighted to be speaking today with the African Union Youth Ambassador for Peace, Khalod Ben Mansour. Today's episode is inspired by the work that Y4P and Accord have been doing around the youth peace and security agenda on the continent. Recognition of the importance of youth participation in peace and security is gaining momentum in Africa, as illustrated by several decisions that the African Union Peace and Security Council have made, including the PSC's adoption of the Continental Framework for Youth Peace and Security and its endorsement in 2020 of the study titled The Roles and Contributions of Youth to Peace and Security in Africa. The momentum is also illustrated by the progress made vis-a-vis -vis member states' adoption and or inclination towards the adoption and implementation of national action plans for youth peace and security. As a normative guide, the Continental Framework outlines five key cross-cutting issues that impact the effective involvement of youth in peace and security. Today's episode aims to begin to build understanding around these cross-cutting issues and why they impact the YPS agenda. This conversation is a prelude to an intergenerational dialogue series that Accord and Y4P will be running from the 1st of July onwards that will be exploring these cross-cutting issues in more depth. Please look out on both our social media platforms for invites to these events and we hope to see you there too. Without further delay, please grab a cup of coffee and enjoy this short animated video that will help contextualize today's discussion. In 2018, the African Union Commission Political Affairs Peace and Security Department launched the Youth for Peace Africa program in Lagos, Nigeria, with the purpose of mainstreaming youth into the continent's peace and security agenda. The cardinal objectives of the Youth for Peace Africa program are to dissuade youth from violence and to facilitate their meaningful participation in all spectrums of peace and security. In tandem, with the African Youth Charter and the United Nations Security Council Resolution on Youth Peace and Security. In 2020, the Youth for Peace Africa program facilitated the African Union Peace and Security Council's adoption of the Continental Framework for Youth Peace and Security and its 10-year implementation plan. The Continental Framework outlines specific objectives that can guide regional institutions, national action plans, academia, and civil society on issues pertaining to youth, peace, and security. These objectives are
the Continental Framework for Youth Peace and Security further highlights key cross-cutting issues that should be mainstreamed to ensure the effective involvement of youth in all levels of peace building. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, a huge congratulations for being selected as part of the new cohort of the African Union Youth Ambassadors for Peace. Thank you, Savannah. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to join you today on this uh, session. Khulud, I'm going to start with one of my favorite questions to ask a young peace-building youth leader like yourself. But what inspired you to become an ambassador for peace? Very good question. Um, I think the inspiration is the background that I came from and the youth that inspired me throughout this journey. And the motivation I had was basically to become uh, a positive leader in my country and to inspire youth who are at the same age of like myself to actually be positive uh, change makers. And when I reflected on what is the most positive image that I can actually uh, present that leader uh, role, I, th I thought of being an ambassador. Um, and luckily for me, becoming a youth ambassador was a very honorable position that I take with full commitment and uh, dedication. Thanks, Khalut. I, yeah, it's always an honor to work with uh, young leaders such as yourself. and. I think for those who are a little bit unfamiliar with the work that youth ambassadors do, could you explain a little bit more about the role and mandate? Definitely. Um, the, youth, the Youth Ambassadors for Peace are mandated for, uh, for two years. So we start uh, with the beginning of, for example, for us, we started in February 2022. So we will be continuing uh, our mandate until February 2024. We are uh, the under all uh, supervision of the Youth for Peace program, which is under the AU uh, Political Affairs, Peace and Security Department um, of the AU Commission. Um, our mandate serves to advocate and promote uh, for the continental framework on youth peace and security, uh, to advocate for positive uh, integration and participation of youth within our region, and mainly, of course, to uh, promote the positive image uh, of the role of youth in peace and security. So we are basically representing, we are like the bridge uh, between the youth voices in our region and key stakeholders and, uh, and high-level decision makers. 
um, we are seizing this opportunity to also uh, implement the five key priority areas of the continental framework. So each one of us work within their capacity to advocate for these five pillars um, and to promote as much as we can to, to implement them through our work, through our capacity. Um, actually, being a youth ambassador is not only a title, is having the sense of leadership and making the process inclusive as much as we can and inviting other youth uh, within the dialogue and, and welcoming them in this space as well. Uh, so it's a sort of um, a very positive role that I consider um, it's not only about having the title, it's about collaborating with my peers and the network that, I, that we already built uh, before uh, being selected and working jointly with these peers in our communities. Uh, so yeah, this is in a nutshell uh, a recap in my own perspective of the, the youth ambassador role. I, I couldn't have asked for a more concise and clear way to understand that role. So, so thank you for that. And I think you started to, to touch on what I'm going to ask about you next, but if you could just explain a little bit more in depth what the Continental Framework for Youth Peace and Security is. And you mentioned the priority areas, if you can just explain a little bit to what, what role these priority areas play um, in being identified in such a framework. Um, in our uh, context, we, we, we know that the Continental Framework on Youth Peace and Security is the important uh, document that existed, uh, that addresses the role of youth in peace and security. It highly emphasizes on the integration of youth, of African youth in peace and security and how important it is to, to actually engage them, engage them in the discussion. Um, and the five priority areas of this discussion uh, are participation, prevention, partnerships and coordination, uh, disintegration and, re, um, and, and reintegration, disabilitation and reintegration, uh, and uh, protection. These five pillars represent, in a way, the formats in which the African youth can be uh, agents of change in peace building and how we can incorporate them within our, uh, with the activities uh, to, to reflect the positive role of youth uh, in peace and security. So I would consider that the Continental Framework is the basis of uh, our work and all officials' work and stakeholders in Africa. Um, yeah. Thanks, Khulut. I, I, the five priority areas, um, it's, been, it's useful to hear a little bit more about them. Um, and I know that the framework also identifies five key cross-cutting issues that the framework believes will impact the ability or the effective involvement of youth in peace and security. Could you speak a little bit to what these cross-cutting issues are and explain to us why are they important considerations when we are looking at involving youth in, in this kind of um, sphere? Um, definitely. When, when I reflect about the most cross-cutting issues in Africa, and if I'm gonna, if I may, of course, touch on on a later stage on the North African context, uh, I would definitely uh, speak on the challenges that youth are facing today, and the narratives that keep on coming in in terms of the youth role in peace building and as peace builders, and how they are always considered in one stereotyping image that that can be, in a way or another, a barrier to their participation and to their full inclusion in the peace-building processes. Um, so I would say that the, the inclusion of youth in terms of peace-building, it's still not reached 
um, fully. We are we are a bit behind, and we are always left behind in terms of uh, being included in the decision-making processes, or to have our voices heard, or uh, to be incorporated in uh, in, in high-level meetings, and to be able to talk about. Uh, an inclusive process we have to make this sort of intergenerational dialogues that we we can incorporate the youth perspective and the seniors perspective uh, I would also say the challenges that from the different regions in Africa that youth are facing in different forms that is the violent extremism the uh, armed conflicts uh, terrorism and now we are in the face of a global pandemic um, illegal migration, smuggling, and and so on and so forth are are sort of challenges that um, that exacerbate violence and that they push youth to actually um, be more have more tendencies to violence than to peace. Um, in a way or another, the existence of these challenges make the the peace. Um, it's the make the peace process a bit challenging and the and the grassroots where it all starts um, a bit frustrating for them to build on uh, their capacities and their aspirations um, I tried to shift the question to make it more youth oriented and to present to you the challenges from a youth perspective because um, these are facts these are the challenges that are currently holding back youth from being fully um, engaged in the peace building process um, but we can definitely go in depth in the next questions Thanks, Khalid. I think it's always useful when an IAP is able to take this sort of theoretical discussion and, and, and place it into very tangible experiences within their region. So I'm, I'm really glad you sort of touched on some of the challenges that North Africa is facing. For mm -hmm. those who are unfamiliar with the framework, um, we speak to these, speak of five cross-cutting issues, uh, namely capacity building, inclusivity, gender mainstreaming, knowledge management and communication. Uh, yes. I know that you touched a little bit on the inclusivity issue, which I know is a, is a predominant one. But perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about the other the other cross-cutting issues. Absolutely. Um, for me, since I come from a gender uh, development background, and especially that I'm promoting the role of women in peace and security and in conflict prevention, I would start by touching on this uh, cross-cutting issue, is the fact that we still don't have... Um, gender mainstreaming, uh, mainstreaming approaches and we don't have uh, policies that are fully supportive to the role of women uh, and young girls uh, in peace building. It's true that we have the Women, Peace and Security uh, agenda and we have the uh, different resolutions that support the women and the effective participation of women in peace building, but we are still a bit far on the implementation side. We need to have more uh, gender-oriented uh, approaches, we need to have policies, we need to have legalized, um, uh, let's say, frameworks or, uh, or laws that actually support fully the incorporation of women either in the political sphere, in the economic uh, sphere, um, and even to empower them socially. Um, because uh, peace and security are, are connected uh, to so many aspects, to so many um, themes, to so many topics. So if we, if we look at each one of them, we have the gender aspect included in each one of them, either climate change or migration or economic empowerment, sustainability, etc. Now, if we're going to touch on the capacity building aspect, I would say that this is primordial 
to make sure that youth are incorporated in the discussion, they need to have their capacity strengthened. We cannot have youth being participating without um, enhancing their soft skills, without uh, touching on what what are the areas where their capacity can be enhanced. And that is by providing them with opportunities and spaces where they can actually uh, engage and they actually get inspired and they can have more tendencies and in, in bring in other youth in the discussion in the discussion sorry and um, to actually um, make the di dialogue sustainable and to to sometimes participate in uh, in the division that's going on especially now in African youth that some people are very positive but other category is very violent so if we enhance the capacity of youth we are more tending them to a peaceful approach than uh, encouraging them to 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 follow violent uh, paths um, for effective communication I would say that uh, we still need to uh, revise the manners and the narratives through which we communicate with, with youth. If we would like to invite them to be peace builders and peacemakers, we would definitely consider addressing them as, as key makers. We would actually give them the value that they deserve. Uh, and we should not keep on excluding youth from the conversation and consider them as threat to the to the sustainability and and always keep the seniors at one level. Because as much as it sounds very good that we have the seniors um, in the decision making, it's, it's the generations that are changing, it's the upcoming youth that will be the leaders of tomorrow and today. So we definitely need to communicate with them, engage with them and hear what they have to say and make them express themselves uh, themselves in a very transparent way. And with all of these, uh, if we know how to address these cross-cutting issues, I think we can start on seeing the positive change and we can have a less violent uh, uh, continent and we can reduce definitely the, the challenges that youth are facing today. Thanks, Khalut. I, I want to actually pick up on sort of the positive spin that you've, you've added to the end of your answer there. And, mm -hmm. and ask you to dig a little bit deeper to tell me what other opportunities uh, arise within, within these cross-cutting issues or what opportunities do you see within utilizing something like the Continental Framework for Youth Peace and Security to further the Youth Peace and Security agenda on the continent? Um, I think there is also always a space for um, something positive to come out of the continental framework. It's a very dense and rich document. It's a very important element towards uh, advancing the youth peace and security agenda. And if we touch on a couple of elements from it, if we, um, we can create opportunities for participation, we can uh, see how um, the, the conversation can be engaging to youth because the five pillars actually relate in a way or another to participation and from that from that moment when we start seeing youth being participating and engaged it's from that where we can take it and see how the change can be reflected um, on the upcoming areas um, i think the opportunities also can come in different aspects either in being uh, locally engaged with the vulnerable groups uh, if we support the the communities that are, let's say, um, his, 
has been historically marginalized or uh, or vulnerable for for a long time and we can start by treating the issues there and um, I, I, I'm gonna take the example from uh, His Excellency the, the chairperson Musa Faki he has a quote that I always love and he said we should start by treating the root before looking at the uh, problem and the solution we should start from the roots and I think that when we start considering the opportunities that heals the route for, for youth, that's where other opportunities can come. Um, if I'm going to touch on um, the prevention as well aspect, it's a very important measure we can take as well. We can see why youth now are more tending to migrate uh, and take illegal, illegal uh, paths and why they are more, um, in a way, excluded from the conversation. And, um, and, and start treating these, these issues. The continental framework is inviting all, all stakeholders um, to be engaged together. And, they, and it's an open call for uh, policymakers to actually start incorporating youth in the dialogue. So if we manage to have this uh, participatory and inclusive processes between both um, both generations, that's where we start creating opportunities. I'm really glad you touched on the intergenerational aspect. I, I know it's an important uh, component of Y4P and Accord's work, but really just to encourage that cross-pollination, cross-sharing of best practices and increase the dialogue as a way mm -hmm. to sort of open up those spaces of participation, which should hopefully also strengthen other efforts like prevention, protection, um, and all the rest of the key components of, of the YPS agenda. So Absolutely. I thought I would just end, end off with uh, asking you, what gives you hope for the future? Uh, <laughs> I like this question. I really like it. What gives me hope is us, the youth. Because um, honestly, it's not only about as the AAPs, it's not about only, but I'm speaking as Khulud, the young peace builder who came from uh, a post-conflict country, who faced different, um, different scenarios, uh, and who is familiar definitely with the North African context. And when I see that despite everything, youth in, in all over the world, not only North Africa, uh, are still mobilizing, are still being engaged, are being ambassadors, are being diplomats, are being entrepreneurs, they are creating ideas, they are innovative, um, they are really doing a great work to uh, engage with the, with the officials, with the stakeholders to make a change. It gives me hope because we, we know that we didn't earn this on an easy way and we, didn't, uh, we, didn't been, we haven't been granted the opportunities easily. So through us, because we've been through these challenges, we are creating the, the road for the upcoming generations. So through us, we will make the, hopefully the, um, the path easier on them and the process more inclusive and more accessibly easy for everyone. So when I see this diversity and this inclusion and how youth are making um, themselves really standing out and uh, now youth is a prime primordial uh, element in all of the discussions uh, that can only give me hope. Um, I think it's, it's a very positive uh, image that we are creating now throughout the years and I hope that the future brings us the best.
Hello, thank you for those beautiful words. I think personally what gives me hope is having uh, youth ambassadors such as yourself at the helm of such an important agenda. And I, I really look forward to seeing how your journey continues to, to evolve. And thank you again thank you so to much. our listeners and viewers for joining us once again. I will encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and other podcast channels, and we will see you again at the next Coffee of the Court episode. Thank you, Falut. Thank you. Thank you for watching today's episode of Coffee with a Court. Do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you can receive notifications every time we post a new episode. For more updates, like our Facebook page, African Center for the Constructive Resolution of Disputes, or follow us on Twitter or on Instagram at Accord Online. To learn more about Accord, visit our website www.accord.org.za.